What's up, guys? Welcome to today's podcast. So uh, super excited to have on a another special guest. Um, this podcast is brought to you by my friends at MinervaBeauty.com. If you're looking to upgrade your salon furniture, go to MinervaBeauty.com. And I know it seems like a weird time to do upgrades, but I actually think it's the best time because uh, this is the time when your salon's empty. You don't have to worry about closing. And Minerva has the best deals uh, that they've ever had going on on the website right now. So check out MinervaBeauty.com. Use the backslash FSE. So MinervaBeauty.com backslash FSE. Uh, and you'll get the, the deals of the day uh, through that link. So go check that out. Um, today, I've got a special guest. He is uh, Braden Pelletier, I believe. Is Am I not? Am I butchering that or no? Did I get it right? No, you're on me. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, you can say it the French way if you want to be <laughs> fancy, but... You know, I'm from Iowa, so I, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so, um, oh. so welcome to the show. Super excited to have you on. To talk about, uh, you know, just the the situation that's going on. Um, we've never really had a conversation together one on one, so um, I'm really excited to do that as well. Uh, not only to learn from you um, because you're a successful salon owner, but also just to kind of uh, you know help people out that are in salon situations. I mean, every day things are changing. I feel like, you know, last week, early week, I was feeling pretty confident, you know, PPP loans were going like all that stuff was happening and then bam, it's gone. Uh, and now we're back in square one waiting for more stuff. So, um, you know, me and you both salon owners. So, uh, all of you guys in the chat, if you guys have questions, post those. Cause I can see we're on, uh, our YouTube, our Facebooks, Minerva's Facebook. So I can see all of your chats coming up. Uh, so as Braden's talking, I'll be reading your questions and, uh, and shouting them to him. So make sure that you're getting involved that way and make sure you share this podcast right now. We're live. So, uh, I'd love to have as many people on here as possible. So, uh, Braden, let's, uh, let's get into the fact that, um, let's just start from square one because, you know, we've been through a lot over the last month. So, um, and I know you kind of have put together a plan. So let's talk about the plan that you initially put together and maybe some adjustments that have happened or whatever, but I really want to get into the guts of, of your brain and what you're thinking right now through this process. Absolutely, Matt. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on here. Um, yeah. Just talking about it, you know, both being a salon owner, I think we were kind of hesitant at first in thinking, okay, when do we actually shut down? I don't know about you, but for me, it was yeah. a little earlier than mandated. Um, other salons were doing it. You started to see the numbers rise. And really your main concern is your people, their families, your family, your clients and their families. So it's, yeah. you know, everyone's health and, and that kind of thing. But the main thing is thinking about when you create a plan is you've, you've got to look at it, the worst case scenario and the right. best case scenario. Um, and then inside of that, I've, you know, for me, I've been kind of looking at what other countries who are going back to work, how are they being regulated, um, in our industry, because that'll give you a clear indication, same virus, you know, yeah, we're in different yeah. parts of the world. Um, but really that's the first thing I would say is if you're, if you're a person who has multiple clients at the same time, you got an assistant or an associate, and now you're going to be limited to one. How does that look? Yeah. What are your salon hours? How does that look? You know, it's kind of going over, in my opinion, the when we get back, the way we've been won't be anymore. Yeah. And so it's not in a, necessarily in a bad way, but it's in a, a, a an awareness way, I guess you would say. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, it's, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so do you know of uh, countries that have put salons back to work? Yeah. So you look at like um, uh, Australia, you look in, I think, China, uh, Japan, different places like that have allowed people to go back in and work. I know they're limiting how long in some places, how long people can be there in the building. 
Um, okay. They're limiting them to wearing protective gear, gloves, masks, shields, the whole nine. Um, and so when you think about that, it's knowing that, you know, they're checking people's temperature, all those things that we know. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, to be honest, the indicator for me on, okay, how are they going to limit us? One, we know they're going to make us wear protective gear. Yeah. They could limit how long we're in the salon per client. So it could be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half right. could happen. But if you don't plan for it, then they tell you because they, they're not, you know, they don't give notices. It's like, oh, by <laughs> no. the way, it was supposed to, the, the shelter in place was supposed to end tomorrow, but it's going to be two more weeks, you know? And yeah. so the prep and the planning and all that um, is so crazy. And so I think watching what they're doing and seeing, okay, they're limiting how many people can be in the building. They're talking about square footage. Yeah. Um, they're talking about protective gear. Um, now, if there's a curfew in place for certain places, then you'd have to abide by that. Um, but it, it's, it's really kind of planning for it because in my opinion, it's, that's how it's going to be at least for a couple months. Once we're back, there will be limitation, especially to do our job. We can't be, you know, further yeah, I, than six feet away. I think that's what people don't realize is that, um, and I talked about it on the last podcast, but you know, the six feet apart, we're not six feet apart when we're working on a person. So there's going to be extreme measures for the mm -hmm. safety of us being that close, touching another human being. I mean, you gotta, you gotta assume we're going to be doing hair like a doctor's dressing to do, you know, to see a patient really. Um, it has to be that way. Exactly. You know, and I know everybody's talking about sanitation and all of that. You know, that's an inevitable. All those things are inevitable, you know? Yeah. It's and so happen. you own two salons, um, which we talked mm -hmm. about. Do you, um, mm -hmm. there's Danielle had a question saying, I need to know how people are handling the daily text back to clients who asked to come uh, to their home, all that stuff to sell them hair color. Uh, she says she's declining, but the problem is stylists are doing so and they think it's okay. Now, I think a lot of people have addressed the issue of selling hair color. I think we're a little bit beyond that just because I think everybody yeah. understands that that's not the right answer. Um, but right. from a handling your client standpoint, that's what I want you to get into because I think it'll help yeah. the majority of the, the people out there listening. Um, how, how are you going about that with your salon? Just communicating back and forth with your clients. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I mean, it's like when you think about it here, do the math. So most of us will be close six, seven, eight weeks, maybe up to 10 weeks. On average, I don't know how many people are in your salon. Say you're by yourself or you have five. Five people do five clients a day. That's 25 clients, five days a week. Like we can do the math, 125 clients a week. Multiply that by four, five, six, seven. I mean, you're talking lots of clients. So <laughs> if you allow them to like unload on you and you know, when you think about it, when you get on a phone with them, it's like, what about Thursday at five? No, that doesn't work. What right. about two? Like there's a lot of going back and forth. Um, for us, we left our phone lines open for a little while. Uh, and then it was like the person managing the phones was eight hours a day dealing with anywhere from, can I move my appointment to, can I book Friday at three, like in two right. days? And I'm like, yeah. People have no clue, right? Yeah. So for us, what we did is I made a video for our clients covering all the things. We talked about at home. I talked about how different states were fining people, taking their license for two years, talking right. about not knowing where you've been, I've been, anyone's been, and you could not know you have it and spread it. Um, also that in the video, I addressed that we, the level of the the way we think of our industry and uphold our industry is at such a high level. I wouldn't ask my tattoo artist to come to my house and tattoo me. Yeah. You know, right. like, yeah. you know, so cele well, celebrities do it. Well, they're celebrities, right. Yeah. But your average client, it, it just, it drops the level of professionalism. So what right. we've done is we told our clients to email us that way your phone's not blowing up. They're not going back and forth. Email us. And then we'll be in contact with you a week and a half prior to open date. So yeah. basically what we're going to do is we're, we're telling them we'll contact you. We know who hasn't, uh, who's missed an appointment. We know who's currently on the books, you know, and that's the thing people will ask. They're like, well, how do you P 
pick the clients of importance. And for us, we're the ones that are currently on the books, they pre-booked. So for a hairdresser, okay. that's amazing that you're teaching yeah. them the pre-book. So you don't want to move those. And really, when you think about it, if it's been four, if they're a four-weeker, a five-weeker, six, seven, or eight, and they pre-book multiple appointments, they've already got appointments on the book. Yeah, that's so a good point. So those yeah. people you can take, yeah, off the list. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's you a know? good point. And then because... going down. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, then going to your next one, which are the people you missed. So the second group of clients we're going to deal with are people that missed an appointment but didn't pre-book another appointment. Or for us, we sold gift cards for two weeks, sold $14,000 in gift cards. We're going to put those people in that mix as well. Last but not least, the last category we're dealing with are people who didn't have an appointment, they didn't pre-book, or at this time, they're new clients. We can right. make a list. We can put their name on there. If there's a cancellation, we can fill it. But that's kind of how we're dealing with these clients. I actually really like that. And that's a different take on a lot of people because some people have said that they're going to base it on client needs. So like if you have somebody that has, you know, white hair coming through, they're in every three week touch up that they would get it before somebody that gets, you know, balayage or something like that. But I like your approach about it because it is still giving um, the priority to a client that is, uh, just a more active, dedicated client, somebody that does rebook multiple appointments. Um, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Um, they said a lot of clients are asking if they have to wear a mask. Um, Jen's asking that question. Um, do you think our cli clients, have you heard of clients wearing masks at this point? I mean, I would assume that they are. Uh, I just don't know how that is going to work out with the strap and all that in the hair. Totally. Um, you know, the, the thing I would say is for us, what we're doing is we're going we're ordering branded masks for the salon. And here's why. Um, if we're further than six feet away in other businesses, they, I don't think they're going to allow clients or customers to wear a mask solely because when you think about it, like it, it's the mask is preventing the up close interaction. So because we're up close, they're going to they're going to want both stylists and others to wear a mask. Right. Sure. Um, I also think that for the most part, it's going to really rely on understanding that getting the mask with the things that hook around the ears versus the straps around the head, because yeah. if they hook around the ears, it you'll be, it'll be easier to work. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to ask them to wear a mask if they don't have a mask, then we'll have masks. And for $5, we can give you a mask that you can leave with and is reusable. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that. Um, and then somebody was saying, I think it was Richard, are, are you planning to discount services that might be cut short due to time restrictions? So pricing wise, uh, I, I'm interested in that question. And then also to, to add on to that, um, are your prices going to be the same? Do you think moving forward do you think they'll be inflated a little bit based on this? Or do you think, where are you at with pricing? Got it. Okay. So the way I think about it is like coming rate, coming rate back. You want to leave for your clients, the price of everything the same. Okay. Now to the question, well, what if they can only be there 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever the time is. And, you know, some permanent colors, 30 minute process or longer or whatever, for me, then it's switching up instead of coloring them and then cutting them, you're going to have to cut them and then color them. And, you know, I talked about this in the list of the plan, worst case yeah. scenario, God forbid, they can only be there that long. I put their base color on. I give them a take home kit that allows them to go home, travel size, shampoo their hair, whatever, whatever. At yeah. least they got the shampoo before the haircut. Right. So then you're still giving them all the things they like. You're just doing it in a different order, which then it saves you on that process time um, to the question on the price. Like in the long run, this is my thought. If we're limited on how many people, how long they can be there, all of these things, the amount of people that someone who's got a big clientele will be able to house will be less. Yeah. So it's like supply and demand. Over the course of time, if you're not able to get all these people in, like any time, 
then you should go up on your price. The yeah. same reason why, you know, you'll, you'll notice different why, yeah, Instacart for now is free, right? And so right. is Uber yeah. Eats. Yeah. But it's not going to always, they're going to make up for it in the end. And right. I think discounting your price, you got people to feed, you got to eat, bills to pay, and you've been making no money. Remember, a lot of people, like there's been a lot of unemployed people, but also there's been people who are able to work from home. So some people aren't able to go out and enjoy our freedom, but they're still right. able to make money from home. Still making money. So, Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that's one thing that this industry, I think has to get smarter about. And I think we will, I, I think everybody is now, you know, looking back uh, at the way that we did not prepare for something that we didn't know was coming. Um, but I think right. now we know that the, the world can flip in a week and, and change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to charge accordingly. We have to put money away accordingly. Um, and I think we definitely ha just have to get smarter in that, uh, all around. Um, Agreed. All right. Let's see. Um, do you think cloth masks will be sufficient or should we be looking at chemical gas masks? Douglas is mm. Well, I mean, it's all, you can see the statistics from the CDC. Will a cloth mask be as good as a gas mask or a N95 or N99 mask? No. But will it be better than not a mask? Yes. And yeah. so what I'm seeing a lot of people doing is, you know, for me, I found uh, some N99 and N95 masks. I didn't order a ton, but I yeah. ordered some where I could still get my hands on them because wearing one of those masks and then a cloth mask over it can allow that mask to last longer. So and I also think the uh, availability of the masks and protective gear will become, I mean, if they, if they want us to open Right. The, the economy and they're going to put limitations, then they can't say you've got to wear a mask and goggles and all of these things without having them accessible. Right. So, yeah, sure. if you know, you can't buy them on Amazon because they're for, you know, the medical industry. Totally agree. But yeah. if we're going to open back up, they've got to be made accessible to everyone. Yep. So if you've got a gas mask. Yeah, I'd wear it. And if you got an extra one, I'll send you my address and you can send it to me, but I can't yeah. find them anywhere. So <laughs> this is actually uh, Shannon. Shannon has a question. She's saying, uh, what about capes? How are those going to be sanitized? Um, that's actually a crazy. That's a question I never would have thought of because we don't double up on a cape. Like we don't we wash every cape after each client. Like that's always happened. Is that how it is at your place? Did everybody? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. I think that that's something that um, most, like a lot of salons do that. They, they will sh uh, wash, like as soon as it's done with a client, you throw it in the, the wash. But if you're not doing that, then that's something you need to just stock up on some more capes. Go to MinervaBeauty.com. Yeah. Go and, to, uh, pick, absolutely. Yeah. Go to Minerva and get some uh, capes. But yeah, it, I we don't, you know, make sure you have 10 capes for the day. If you're, if you're working by yourself and uh, you know, so you have a, a cape for every client. Uh, are you still charging your stylist full chair rent? So this, I don't, I don't do chair rental. You don't either. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we can't really answer that question, but maybe someday we'll have a rental person on. Um, let's see. Yes. Everybody's agreeing about the cape thing. Um, all right, cool. So, uh, and you were talking about budgeting, so let's, I want to mm -hmm. get into that just a little bit. I, you have a flip chart on your Instagram. So everybody go check out your yeah. Instagram is just be hair, right? That's correct. Okay. So just be hair on Instagram. You can see the flip chart and everything. Um, but why don't you just break that down a little bit? Because I think that that's like a, a really just important thing for people to understand. Yeah. I mean, I think for some people, I mean, there, I look at it, there were two types of people uh, inside of the, lockdown financially. There were the people who were okay and the people who weren't okay, who were right. wondering how they were going to get, if we're shut down a month, how am I, I need that money to pay my bills. And so I think it's a great indication. I mean, for me, the number one rule of budgeting and like I'm, people ask me all these investment questions and I say, before you get into investing, you need to have three to six months bills in the bank, in savings that you don't touch. 
right? That doesn't include you tap into it for a vacation, um, not only from a from a person, but as a business as well, you know, because some salons aren't going to make it. Some people uh, are worried about paying their bills, owners and paying your mortgage. So when you think about it, the first thing you got to do is put that money away. Now, when you break down a budget, people always ask me, uh, I've been from a place where I got no money to now I've got money, right? So right. how do you get to that place? The first thing you got to do is write down what you pay a month. This includes like the apps on your phone that are $4.99. This includes, you know, Netflix. This also includes any loans, um, any of those things. You've got to first make a list of what all those bills are. The yeah. second thing you've got to do is prioritize them. And I prioritize them fixed versus unfixed, Matt. So it's basically like a fixed bill is I know every month I'm going to have a mortgage. I know every month I'm going to have a car payment. I'm going to have insurance, cell phone, all these different things, gym membership. I look okay. at the budget and is there anything that I don't need that I can cut out? So I cut those. You know, the next thing is looking at what most people find when they do that. At that moment, they realize, well, where the hell did all my money go? Right. Then you think about the unfixed things like buying things on Amazon that you don't need, uh, going out, which we used to do. We're not really doing now. But if you're ordering Uber Eats, you know, a lot in versus cooking, then gas when we used to have gas, but things that can change every month. And if you can create a budget for that and basically say $100 a week is going to be spent on gas and food. Well, right. right now, that was my budget. I'm not really going anywhere. So I would be spending less on gas and I could spend the other on food. But without a budget, you get to the end of the month and you realize money is gone. And then it's too late. It's already, you know, it's already been spent. So right. I think the first thing people got to do is they got to figure out where their money is going. Get your bank statement out and write how much you made last month or the month before. And then what all came out of your account. And then it'll be a clear, like when you categorize that, you'll know real quick where the money's going. Yep, for sure. That's great. Um, and then uh, Richard's saying, do you think it's wise for owners to put themselves on payroll uh, so that they can be protected in the future? And I'm going to say that owners should always be on payroll um, in some sort of way. I, I understand that, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but when we, me and my wife are business partners and we opened our salon and literally spent all of our money that we owned on the $2,000 worth of retail um, that we put in there. Mm -hmm. So a paycheck for us was not a reality, but if you're a few years into, like if you're even a year into it, I think at this point, I would look at it differently and I would make sure that no matter what, there was some kind of pay, you have to be on payroll um, because mm -hmm. your future depends on it. Like later on when we mm -hmm. wanted to buy a house, we had to show like you have to be on payroll. Mm -hmm. You have to bring in an income. So it's important. Mm -hmm. Now I, I know a lot of people also work sole proprietorship um, through the salon business as well. So it's a little bit different, but uh, what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I do, I do, I work with Redkin as well. So I'm 1099 there. So I can get yeah. the whole like LLC. Also, I own both salons as a S corp. And so okay. then I have multiple LLCs kind of under that S corp. Yeah. And so when you think about it, it's about, for me, I work behind the chair still. So I make commission like everyone else makes commission. Now yeah. to your point, I put every, I put money into it to open it every time. Never have taken a loan from a bank to do a build out. We did like a line of credit and doing these things to try and build a relationship with a bank, but I drained my money. Um, and so for me, what I do is I pull a draw out to compensate for what I put in. Yeah. But other than that, I leave the money there and I put them in money, in money market accounts and if you're the owner or you got a partnership like your wife, then yeah. that once you pay taxes on it at the end of the year, that money is your money, regardless of what bank account it's in. Exactly. So, right. you know, so I mean, like as an owner, I can access this money or that money or any money because I own them. Um, I guess if that's you're a multiple. 
that's yeah. a great if point. If you're a because, shareholder or something like that, a little different, yeah. but like we write our self paychecks, um, every single payroll, but we don't cash them. You know what I mean? Like we keep the money moving in the bank because, uh, you got to have money in the bank to keep it going. And if we, yes. sometimes if we cash them, it would be like, uh, it would, it would drain, it would take out the money that's in the business, you know? So we, we kind of float Absolutely. that a little bit, uh, in, in the same sense, but, and like you said, we have our salon business, uh, as an S corp, but then underneath of it, like we have free salon education business and we have all these different, mm-hmm. you know, so there's an umbrella business up there. So like a lot of people don't, um, you know, I think as a hairdresser, one of the most important things is to not have everything in one thing. Like we have to figure out like our, our thing has been education, like through either Mm -hmm. brand or whatever. Um, so that's kind of Mm -hmm. been our thing, but I think as a hairdresser, you know, you have your retail income, uh, you have all that different stuff and all that should be separated and kind of worked out, especially if you work by yourself. I think, uh, I think it's good to separate what retail what money you make from retail sales and all that stuff and, and commission income and all, you know, all the different things that you're making, bring it in and, and separate it a little bit. And then, um, for me, that just makes the most sense because then you have them as separate little businesses, uh, in you Absolutely. under you. Um, do you recommend that businesses owners are incorporate incorporated, I guess is what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Like, well, it depends how big yeah. to your point, how big, what's your dream is your dream to have like a small five chair, you have a massive clientele and you just want an environment for you to work. Like, yeah, yeah that's a little different. And I was, I've been there because that was the vision in the beginning. And then I, if next thing you know, everybody wants to be part of it. And now you're looking at five going, oh, huh, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's looking at ultimately, what do you want? Do you want to make your own line of anything, tools, product, just small for your clients? Do you want to be, and, and, and then do you want to be able to, like for me as a reckon artist, you owning your education stuff, then it makes it easier for my accountant to control it. Yeah. Um, and what I would say is if you've never, like if you're doing your own taxes on TurboTax, that's awesome. But in my opinion, when you own a business, you need to sit down with somebody who knows business better than you do. Right. And that's what I did. I went, I met with a, a lawyer and an accountant when I first opened and, and I was like, teach me. I've, I took some business classes. I went to college for a little while and took business classes. I got an idea, but what it, here's what I want to do and where I see it going and growing. What should I do? And they all advise you on your options. And for me, it was the best option because I have multi-locations. My, I have an LLC for all my Redken stuff. Um, and they're all owned by my escort because then it can all go into one pot. Um, yeah. And it makes it a little easier for me to control versus going like, oh, my God, you know, like this receipt goes to this. This goes to that. This right, is like, exactly. if I just... It makes it way easier. And so I would say how big, if you're going to be, in my opinion, over 10, probably a good idea. Yeah, you know, for sure. um, if you're going to be under, I, I would say just get some, some advice. Yep, for sure. Um, and then the other thing is liability too, right? Because um, I'm assuming if they're saying, should they be incorporated or a sole proprietorship, it would be, you know, sole proprietorship is kind of all of your, belongings, everything is kind of wrapped in with the business, right? So if you do something wrong, somebody sues you, they're suing you as a person and not your corporation. Yep. So there's a big, Absolutely. that's a big deal. And that was kind of the the number one thing for me was I, I need to protect, like, I don't want somebody taking my house if, if we, you know, hurt them in, in any way. And, and hopefully that would never happen, but you never know. So, um, you gotta just, that's why you talk to somebody smarter than, uh, than yeah. you about those things and, and you'll learn about them. Um, Jenny has yeah. a good question. Do you think it's appropriate when we get back to still try and sell retail, uh, shampoo and products, et cetera, or prioritize the, and the quarantine hair? I know you, um, mm. like obviously as a salon, I mean, product sales are going to be, I think great because everybody's been kind of, uh, without it. So what do you think? Yeah. I mean, Matt, here's the trick. And this is what I would say would be 
for me, what we're going to do is virtual consultations. I know you hear people talking about it, but setting up like and going through once you once we know if we do it a week or two in advance, you've got a little time to take the first week. Right. And so if you take the first week and you deal with those clients having and talking about, okay, wow, your roots are to here. So it's going to cost, it's going to be a little more color. I'm not going to charge double the price. I'm just going to charge to cover the color, but also like we need to make sure that the color doesn't fade. How are you doing on shampoo? When you do your price quoting on what the services will cost, you need to include what the retail will cost to maintain it. Like, You know, if if they, in my opinion, it makes it easier. It's like, give them two options. So here's the quick fix. Here's the, what you need. And the retail is included inside of the price. Make them say no to not needing it because also clearly a lot of disasters happen because they're not using the right products. So, you know, we got a beautiful redhead, you flat iron it or curl it without heat protection. And now it's orange. So, you know, and there's no shampoo or conditioner. Usually that's going to help that. So Yeah. So I, there's something I, I, that actually reminded me. Um, there's something that we're uh, in the process of doing. I don't know if you've done this, but um, we're going to create a group on Facebook for our clients uh, and invite all the mm. clients in and then start creating videos on tips like that um, and start posting mm. them and have our staff kind of communicating with the clients through that because Facebook loves groups. Uh which a lot of us know that. Um, and that's yep. kind of their platform at this point. So if you post something on your salon page, nobody sees it because Facebook wants you to pay or whatever it is. But if you create a group, most people do see it. You can go live in that group. Uh, so that's going to be our way uh, over the next few weeks to kind of invite our clients in and just start the communication that way. Um, and I like that tip of the, you know, using the heat protectant. So like, these are things that a lot of people are like, what do I do for my clients? And I think that's, uh, you know, a really great way for them to kind of step up and just, you know, create this environment where you can answer everybody's questions and they're not texting you, uh, every five seconds about stuff. Um, I agree. And Matt, you could also like, think about it. If you do it in the virtual consultation, then when the client comes in, you could have it pre-bagged what she needs ready to go. So to your point on the time and having to walk her up front, you like, you don't have that problem. It's already been done. You've already talked to her about it with virtually with no time constraints. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Hannah's saying, I I just want to give a shout out to her. She's saying her landlord cut her rent in half for a couple months, which is great. Uh, But she said, so I offered the same to the stylist that booth rent from me, uh, half the rent, which is nice. You know, Um, it's cool because that's a, that's a situation that I don't, I can't, I never thought about being in because I've never been in that situation, but booth rental mm-hmm. stylists that are having mm-hmm. to cover that booth rent right now when they're not, you know, not doing hair. Crazy. Yeah, um, man. And depending on where you're at, imagine how much money that like, you know, some people are weekly in their $200, but if you go into bigger cities, you know, go to LA, what do you think booth rent there is? You know? So it's like, yeah. I can only imagine it's like a double mortgage, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and depending on your commitment to it, I mean, this, this is where the industry I think is, is changing so much. I mean, salons already have a hard enough time and, and without the PPP loan, um, available, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, hopefully they're going to come to an agreement today and, and it'll get refunded a little bit, but without that available, if you were not prepared for anything to happen, uh, it's just a tough, it's tough. And, and a lot of landlords are not like including mine. Um, they're being, nope, mine, not mine either. yeah, I mean, mine are being gracious. Like they took my deposit, uh, you know, for my, this month. Um, but then I got to put the deposit back, you know? So it's not like they didn't really give, I mean, they just helped me a little bit, but you still got to pay it, you know? And that's a lot of salons aren't going to be able to do that. Um, so Rhonda's saying, can you explain more about Facebook groups? I'm not sure about it. Do you do anything with Facebook groups? Yeah, we have a salon private group. That's how all of the employees communicate. 
Okay, um, cool. And then I'm part of other groups inside of our industry. Um, like I have a, I'm a part of a Canadian hairdresser dresser group that I've gone and taught in like different groups. Some are big, some are small, but yeah, you can basically just keep it private. That's what we do. Um, yeah. And so it, it'll still send notification to group members, but not no one else sees it. And so you can keep all the content private. Um, you can set it for us. We It's set for approvals. That way you're only putting important information. Nothing inappropriate comes on. Um, yeah. Or if somebody got in that shouldn't have been in, they can't post. Um, create right. moderators, all different kind of stuff. Yeah, and Facebook groups, uh, so you guys know, they're pretty easy to create. And it's actually some of my favorite content that I get on my Facebook feed because it's so specific to what you like. So... Like I'll find a group, you know, you can find a group about puppies or, you know, whatever, like very specific groups uh, of things that you like. And then you start to see like just people posting about that within the group. And and then the thread is just people that are excited about it. So um, it's one of the best ways. So from a business standpoint, you can just name the group, your salon, and you can invite uh, people. So you can have all of your stylists who are probably friends with a lot of their clients on Facebook anyways, mm-hmm. you can have them invite them into the group. And then as soon as they're in there, everything you share goes directly to that group. And most of the time they'll see it in their feed. And that's the best part about it because it's the easiest way to get the attention of your, your customer, uh, without paying for it. Um, and it just starts a really good conversation. Then you got clients getting to know each other and style other styles, getting to know other clients. Like it it just becomes a, a really nice environment. Um, so if you get a chance to do that, it's free. So there's no reason not to, um, Let's see. Any other? I wonder if I'm going to see more people coming back to commission salons after this. What's your thought on that? You think, uh, you think, okay, people will so be more- I'll give you, I'll give you, I'm going to be real and I'm very positive. And so, uh, I'll te- yeah. in my opinion, this is what I think. I went, yeah. I went to the store the other day. It was a Sam's club. I had to buy like diapers and whatever. And there was like no line. It was huge. It's a big Sam's club. I went in, got what I needed. There was a lot of people in there. I left, but they didn't have one thing that I needed. So yeah. there was another one like 10 minutes away. So I went there. I went parked and I looked and I was like, what the? And there were people literally lined around the building. I waited okay. 40 minutes to get to the door. When I was there, the GM was standing there and I asked him, I said, dude, like I just went to another Sam's club. Like what the heck I was trying to get, you know, and he's like, honestly, man, it's limited to the size. That Sam's club is three times the size of this one. And I was like, whoa, square footage. So what I think will happen is there will be limited. There there will still be social distancing in place and it's going to run you know, till September or October, if not longer, that's in my opinion, inevitable. It's just how it's going to be. Um, because we, we think about the, the Spanish flu, like what happened when they let everybody back out, more people died after that lockdown than before. So they learned their lesson. And in my opinion, they're, that that they're going to be rules, right? So I think there'll be limitations on how many people can be in a building based on square footage. If you're a bigger salon, you'll be more people. If it's a smaller salon, you'll be less people. How they'll categorize the business in the building will be the front doors and the back doors. When you look at most booth rental or salon suites, they have one front door and one or two back doors and 50 booths. So if that's limited to 10 people, that means five Five people will be allowed in there and five clients. And what do you do with the other 45 people? Yeah. And can an owner who owns the suite be able to pay the rent with only five renters? Yeah. You know, so then you're going to see hours extended, all of that. I think for us, until that's lifted, there will be restrictions because we're closer than six feet. So they're going to limit how many people, protective gear, how many people you can have at one time, basing it on square footage. Look at Trader Joe's. Those places right. are small. That's why there's people lined up outside. Yeah. So that stuff isn't going to change. And I think for us to go back to work, we really need to think about that plan. And to that point, they'll commission salons are bigger. I know for me, I have extended my space. So I have multiple front doors, multiple back doors. 
So if that's the case, I could split my building with a plexiglass wall and have two different 10 person and 10 person. So yeah. that's again in the planning and, and realizing, but to the point, I think you're going to see more commission people who weren't prepared financially or who are really busy now having to deal with how many clients have we talked about a thousand clients coming back. You got no front desk, no support. Most of the times, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but how are you going to deal with them? And then you're going to work all these hours to try and make up for it. And in a month you're going to be burnt, burnt completely out and still not have got everyone in. Yeah. So you know, and I think the unemployment thing was fuzzy for a while. Some people still haven't got their money. So I think some some will learn from the situation and want to be part of places where they still played their employees, where they were still helping them out. I know for us, it was mandated. We file unemployment for our people and we did it temporarily every payroll and it got direct deposited like into their account like it was nothing. They didn't have okay. to go through the hassle of doing all that. And those people who've had to do that, it's taken 21 days to get their yeah. money. So I think yeah. all those factors, people are going to realize like, I just want, if you just want to do hair and you're not doing funny money or any of that stuff, and you're doing everything by the books that you should, you may think about like the ease it would, would be to go back into work and just show up and get to do hair and, and spend time with your clients. That's yeah, my, sure. I think it's going to be a big change. The industry is going to have a pretty big shift depending yeah. on the rules. Yep, for sure. I agree. Um, and I want to address uh, Cindy saying, I feel the PPP loan and somebody asked what that is. It's the paycheck protection. Uh, what is it called? Paycheck protection. Yep. Pay paycheck protection plan. <laughs> plan. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> somebody asked what that is. That's what it is. So it's money that it basically covers two and a half months of expenses for the business. So payroll, uh, rent and utilities. Um, mm -hmm. so, so Cindy's saying, I feel the PPP loan only helps employees. Really? Uh, I, I will only be able to pay two months rent and nothing after I've paid the required 75% to the employees. And that means nothing else for the required expenses. Now, uh, she's, and then she says the employees won't even have to work for the money because we probably won't be back in the salon before we have to spend the loan money. So I want to address this because I definitely think that, um, I want to shift the mindset of that a little bit because mm -hmm. to me and to my wife, employees are the business. So I'm not worried about, I'm worried yeah. about paying rent and making sure my mm -hmm. employees are okay. Um, and mm -hmm. keeping the business doors able to open in two to three months. So that's the only thing I care about. It's for the, if you do the paperwork, right, it's for the employees paycheck so that they can get paid. Um, I don't care mm -hmm. if they're not working. They didn't choose to not work. You know, this is different mm -hmm. than if they had chose to not be able to work. Um, but they didn't choose this and we didn't choose this. So right. get them paid, um, get the utilities paid so the lights stay on and to get the rent paid and that's it. And I don't care. And as an owner of a business, we should have made sure. And if we didn't, we didn't. And I didn't do it to the best of my ability, but we should have made sure that we had some kind of money uh, set aside mm -hmm. for something bad that happens because mm -hmm. we've been told our whole lives to have six months. Uh, and I didn't, you know, I don't have six. I can't survive on the amount of money that I have to put out to pay for everything, I couldn't. But I could survive for a few months and and the PPP loans and things like that that are out there, I'm so grateful for if it comes through. I haven't gotten it, but you know, I'm right. grateful for that because they no one had to do that. You know what I mean? Like this is like part of being a part of a country that I know a lot of people have whatever about, but like the fact that we are maybe gonna get that kind of help is pretty a pretty big deal. So, and I know it's going out to the, the wrong businesses and it's getting whatever, but uh, on a positive note, um, nobody asked for this, and I, you know your employees are your business. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. I mean, same boat here. I mean, for me, like like I said, I kind of I keep I kind of keep my money since it's just me. Um, I keep my money in the business. And I, I first thing I did when I made the plan was go, okay, how long, give me all the bills and how long can we pay the bills? When the 
payroll protection plan came out, it was applying like, like that's hard because to her point, well, why would you want it? Well, if you do what they ask you to do inside of the plan, then you don't have to pay the money back. So first off like that, okay, if you can do what they're asking you, I won't make any money, but I'll be able to pay my bills and take care of my people. Because if your people don't get paid, then they have to go find a new place. At some point, they're going to get a job at Quick Trip. They're going to find something to do to feed their family. Like they, if they, if to your point, if it's gone, if it's shut down longer, people got to eat, right? So what you don't want is to be able to come back and half your staff have found other jobs and God forbid outside of the industry versus being able to be protected and knowing like if you come back to work, they're going to be working and you're paying out of that money to her point. Like, let's say we're shut down till June or July. Yeah. They're going to have to come up with they're going to have to come up with another plan because they kept businesses afloat, gave them all this money for a short amount of time. But that's still, to your point, wasn't enough time. So yeah. I think that's why you're going to see in the next couple of days, these plans moving. I mean, I know some some people who got approved and some people who didn't. You hear like Ruth Crisp and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll never eat there again. Right. And hotels and whatever, yeah. whatever. Um, but when you think about it, if you can pay it back, and pay your bills from it and pay those people out. Um, you know, like, and you've got it, you got to term to pay them in. Yeah. So you could use the money and pay it out and keep your lump sum of 75 as the business started making money. Now that could pay the bills and then you could write them a check for that. Imagine how your employees would feel knowing like, I know that, yeah, your loan, your mortgage gave you three months like where you didn't have to pay, but a lot of mortgage companies are after those three months, you got to pay for them three months. So yeah. now you've got a chunk of money that you can put in your savings and pay all the things that you were delinquent on. That's the, in my mind, how I see the PPP plan working for salon owners, Yeah, right? It, industries are different. And so I think for us, to your, because it's a commission, like they do the work, we split the cut kind of deal, right? Yeah. We supply the stuff, they do the work. To your point, we can supply the stuff, but if there's no one there to do the work, we have no business. Right. That's the difference between suite rental or booth rental or 1099 and commission. As a salon owner in a commission world, not only is it my job to supply them, but to take care of them and their family. Yeah. That's why they've joined our team chosen me as their leader to give them the opportunity to have some stress off their shoulders, but also know that our best interest is to take care of them. For sure. Yep. And that's, um, that's the, the, the kind of stuff that like, you know, I hope, I hope a lot of people understand that because it's not, uh, this, this is a weird time this is such a weird time, but at the same time, um, it's an eye opening time of, uh, you know, people are going to make decisions. And I think uh, our staff, our team is after this going to really assess like how, how did, how did my owner react in this? Like what, mm -hmm. what is, what does my future look like? Cause this could happen again. Maybe it won't, maybe it'll never happen again. But I think a lot of people are going to be a lot smarter, including myself in how we prep and prepare for, you know, for things that you never know. Right. So great. Tell me um, in a final, like kind of whatever, what else you want to get out there? Uh, what do you have going on um, from like a social media standpoint? People can follow you, um, you know, that kind of thing. What are you doing with Redkin? Uh, what's Redkin been up to? Like sum it yeah, all man. up here. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I had all this travel plan, like all the shows, ABS, Premier Orlando, like all the shows I got Long Beach in. And then it was like the shutdown began, um, right. like all my travel and classes and stuff up until July um, are like done. So which for me, for the past 10 years, this is the slow, like my, I've never slowed down like this ever, um, yeah. which has been good to do with the salons and that kind of thing. But for me, just doing a lot of Zoom, I feel like I told you earlier, my middle name is Zoom. Um, <laughs> I've done Reckon Zooms. Uh, I did a Reckon Zoom with uh, my friend Roger Molina in San Diego um, like last week. I did a business okay. one 
with Redken last week. I have two more business ones with Redken, and then I do one with Hair God Zito um, in May. Uh, I'll be cutting hair. He'll be doing color. Just trying to put some content in him. But really, I think for a lot of, we're the most creative people in the world. Like in my opinion, we are the most creative people in the world. And this gave the most creative people in the world time to slow down and and compile all their experiences, all the things they've learned from mentors to kind of let the cobwebs clear out of their mind and really invent in some new ideas inside of their mind. And when you allow creative people as a mass to slow down, when they come back, like yeah. the love, the, the way the industry views the hairdresser inside of our industry will change in a good way. But most importantly, in my mind, I think the way the world views the hairdresser is really going to change. And For now, sure. like people make jokes about being essential. It's not essential in a sense of health. It's essential in a sense of sanity and vanity. People yeah. feel their way people feel now more than ever. They realize how, why they love their hairdresser. They appreciate their hairdresser. And I think brands and platforms will now do a better job of connecting our industry to give people the opportunity to give that to clients, whether it be products, services, experience, whatever, man. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Well, everybody follow uh, Braden, uh, just be hair on Instagram. um, And just, yeah, go do that. And dude, seriously, this was the, this was a great talk. Uh, I really appreciate all of your knowledge and and all that. And uh, like I've said to a few other people, like, I can't wait to have another conversation with you, uh, you know, so we can keep this going. A lot of people are saying that uh, we need to do a business something together. I forget what it was, but um, so let's do it, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely connect again, uh, hopefully after this is over, because it's not going to be much longer, right? Absolutely, brother. (laughs) All right, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Take care. All right. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, thank you to Braden and thank you to MinervaBeauty.com. Uh, my favorite salon equipment company there is. Uh, go check them out. MinervaBeauty.com backslash FSE for the deals of the day. Um, we also, uh, you know, they got a ton of great deals, but this is a great time to reinvent your business. We've talked about that. Um, you know, not only are you going to need to sanitize yourself, but you also need a clean looking business. So, um, think about that stuff. Uh, if you are, um, you know, if you're in your business, you don't have to go buy chairs if you don't have the money or whatever it is, but go clean, clean it up, uh, reorganize, get in your business, spend some time. I'm in my business right now. Um, you know, and I get to look at it and assess it in an empty, weird way. Um, but make sure that I'm thinking about the future and making it better uh, for the clients. So uh, thank you guys so much again for all of you guys that were on live. If we didn't get to one of your questions, keep it in the comments. Uh, post if you want to post another cu- uh, question. And I like to pull those questions and bring them into the next show. So tomorrow I'll be on live with John Harms from Millennium Software. Uh, really excited to have him on. And uh, yeah, hope you guys are enjoying the show. We're going to stay live all week. So um, just keep bringing you guys some, some new stuff. And I got some new videos coming out as well. So, uh, thank you guys. I really, really, really appreciate all of you stay safe, stay healthy, and, uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks.